You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Illustrated, Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality, and Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Daddy, what what is the uh, temperature? I'm just gonna look it on my phone real quick. I'll just call James Fannier real quick, and we'll find out. But uh, it is extremely cold. And then I heard that like tonight, early tomorrow morning, get down to freezing again. Crazy Alabama weather. But right now, just so you know, uh, 43 degrees. Uh, I would think that's in most of our listening area. That would be uh, Birmingham. We thank all of you folks uh, listening here and our affiliates over in the Anniston Gadsden area. And, of course, our, uh, our flagship is over in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Now, uh, we got a lot of things to talk about today. Uh, I, you know, following basketball, you know, Georgia and Alabama play tomorrow um, at Coleman. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, I believe it's at 5. Um, there are uh, several other stories. I don't think any of them are just, like, uh, above the fold. Uh, although, uh, this is actually because I'm a big, big old baby. This story is funny as you know what, but I guess because of the way I was raised or whatever, I find it difficult to t- talk about because of the one word. I've never said this word in broadcasting in, yes, 50 years. But yesterday, the dream threesome was playing at Genesis. You had Rory, you had Tiger, and you had JT. And they're all very good friends. In fact, I would probably go out on a limb and tell you that uh, Justin and Tiger are probably each other's best friends. They cut up, they clown around. But I can't remember what hole, I think it was like eight, that uh, Tiger outdrove Justin Thomas. And... uh, Tiger doesn't have his long game like he once did. And, you know, watching him play and limp is just, it's incredible, but it's also a little painful to watch. But anyway, I digress. Um, he's walking off the tee box down the fairway towards their uh, where their drives landed. And here I go. Tiger hands JT a tampon. Can I say that? Can you say that word on radio? I know I wouldn't have said it several years ago. But if if you play golf, if you keep up with golf, it's funny. Now, I'm sure there is a large percentage of the world these days that's going to get all aggravated. Well, how could Tiger do something like that? That's just really disrespectful to, I don't know, whatever segment you get to. Come on, people. It's funny. It was funny. It still is funny. I was just talking with my son right before we got on the show. And a matter of fact, he's playing golf uh, as we were talking. 
and he hadn't heard that, and I told him, and he dropped his phone, uh, just laughing. The whole he told his foursome, they're, they're all just cracking up on a golf course because of what Tiger did to JT. Lighten up. It was funny. All right, other things going on in the world of sports. Uh, this is a troubling note. Uh, NFL player Eric Johnson, I'll be honest with you, I, Lars would remember him because he played at Nebraska. Then he was drafted by the Raiders. He played six years. He has been arrested. Human trafficking, gang-related prosecution, kidnapping, just unbelievable. I mean, I played six years in the National Football League. If he pocketed a little bit of that money, he probably wouldn't have to really even work. But he's in his mid forties, and man, uh, it, now he does. You know, he has a right to trial. You are uh, innocent until proven guilty. Maybe he's totally innocent of this. But uh, if not, obviously his life has changed forever. All right, uh, last night, and I hope there are some of you that watched. Uh, if you did and you have comment, call me at 205-342-9904. Did you watch the Twins? Josh, did you watch the Twins? The Bluegrass Vacation Duels? Did you watch the NASCAR? It's okay to say no. I know not everybody's a motorhead. No. I didn't get into I'm getting ready for the Daytona 500. Yeah. Well, that, that of course, will be one heck of a race. The Great American Race will air on Fox Sunday afternoon at one thirty. But last night they had the Blue Vacation Duels. Joey Logano won the first one. Eric Amarillo won the second one. And in that second one, in his uh, debut, so to speak, uh, Kyle Busch got dumped by Daniel Suarez, and he just literally pirouetted all the way backwards through the field. Um remarkable how these guys avoid having an accident. That could have been what they called the big one, but it wasn't because these guys, even at 199 miles an hour, are so skilled behind the wheel. Uh, and it's, it's just phenomenal. So, all right, uh, another story we could talk about. Again, you can dial us at 205-342-9904. But I think I saw this at the tail end of our show yesterday. Tim McCarver died. Um going to go on a very, very small rant here. First of all, he was one heck of a catcher. He's in the Hall of Fame, okay? Uh, and he was a good broadcaster. But the headline on one of the stories I saw said, legendary baseball announcer dies at 81, Tim McCarver. You know, baseball announcing wasn't what he was a legend about. He was legend behind getting behind the plate for the cards. And he was he was very, very good. I think, look up his stats here. I think he was lifetime 300 hitter. Uh, unlike a lot of catchers, McCarver could actually run a little bit. Um, and if you don't remember him as a player, you probably do remember his uh, as a broadcaster. Some liked him, some didn't. Um, he had a, uh, and he didn't, certainly didn't bother me. I like to hear people being critical. But sometimes players and managers and fans thought he was going a little bit over the top. But unfortunately, a lot of people will remember him for his incident in the Braves locker room uh, with Deion Sanders. McCarver had said something negative about Deion Sanders on the air. 
And uh, Dion didn't like it. Of course, back then, Dion was young and very immature. I don't think it's the same guy we get today, although we got a quote from him that's coming up in a little while. Just make you go, Dion, really? Anyway, going back to the locker room, post-game celebration, and Dion comes over there with, I think it was like a styrofoam cooler full of ice and water and just dumps it on McCarver live in front of the world. Which, by Dion, grow up. You know, that's just, that's childish. Just because he said something negative about you? Well, and I'll be honest with you. I didn't think McCarver handled it well at all. He went, that's real class, Dion. That's real class. Very snippy. Live. On television. He's supposed to be doing trophy presentations. But uh, he reacted wrongly. Let me tell you something. In, in a situation like that, you got to bow up and, and do your job. But I want to talk the, the negative side of Tim McCarver. I just want to talk about what a great baseball player was. And I think he was a very good announcer. But... Uh, McCarver has passed away at the age of 81. The stories that I read last night and then again early this morning uh, did not give a cause of death. You know, sometimes you just run out of gas. I don't mean to sound flippant, but, you know, eventually we're all going to. Uh, Let's do a deep dive on that, Matt. What a way to get Friday off. All right. uh, Let's see. What do we have? Uh, Good Bread is on our second hour. Is that right, Josh? From Tuscaloosa News? We'll have come up. Yes, sir. We'll have come up at one thirty. All right. Wonderful. Let's get our first break out of the way, and then we'll welcome in our, our uh, guests and uh, uh, co-hosts. Uh, I know Lars and, and Christian are both over in Tuscaloosa, one's tending to business. And Lars, I think, well, this business, I think he had a uh, speaking engagement to, like, kids about radio, which is, and newspaper writing, obviously, and the media. But anyway... You're listening to Big Noon Sports. If you'd like to dial in, do so right now at 205-342-9904. Be right back. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding your motorcycle with your buddies on the open road. It's a potent cocktail of thrills, laughter, and pure adrenaline. A feeling that would be impossible. For tomorrow and Sunday, sunny both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow 59 for Sunday, the high at 67. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 43 degrees in Tuscaloosa. About a quarter past the hour on Big Noon Sports. Lars Anderson, Christian Miller, Matt Coulter, Josh, Joe, and Aiden behind the scenes and pulling all the strings. Uh, Going to welcome phone calls. Got an entire hour to do so. If you're new listening to the show, if you got something you want to talk about from NASCAR to Alabama football, we are right here for you. 205-342-9904. Give us a jingle. Kristen Miller joins us from our palatial studios at Tide 100.9 over in T-Town. What's going on today? You glad it's Friday, Christian, or do the days of the week not matter to you? Man, <laughs> these days they don't matter too much. It, uh, all is about the same, it feels like. But, uh, you know, the weekends are nice, but I'm still um, still in the moving process, so I have my hands full. So that's probably what I'm going to be doing most of this weekend. Are you doing this solo? 
Yeah, I mean, I might have a few hands here and there, but yeah, I mean, you know, I got my truck and I just, I still have, yeah. my, I have mother house, so it's not like I don't have like a deadline or anything. I'm just taking my time doing it. But yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like paying people because I, I, I hate for something to come up, you know, broken or missing, and then I don't know. I'd much rather just have my hands and eyes on it if I can. Plus, I mean, I'm, I'm in pretty good shape, so I, I fare well doing yes, it. Yes, you I, are. Fine. <laughs> Um, I, I mean this as a compliment, especially one who is uh, a little bit up in age. You are the oldest twenty-six-year-old guy I know. <laughs> Most guys would hire somebody. They get they they go into the offensive line meeting at, in Tuscaloosa at the football complex and say, "I need you and you and you and you." No, you're going to do it all yourself. And the reason I, I find that as interesting as anything. Yeah. It's because well, you want to make I mean, sure your stuff stays okay. Well, that, and I mean, you also add, I mean, if I can save the money, you know, doing it myself, that's always great too, right? But, yeah, no, I just, yeah. I don't know. I just have bad experiences with, you know, things coming up broken. And I have a lot of, you know, sentimental things, right, that I just, I'd rather just be careful with. Now, if it's something like a washer, dryer, I'll get somebody to do something like that. But anything else. Okay. I don't know, Matt. You know, I'm just really hands-on too, but you're not the first person. To, I've always been told I'm not older than my age. Uh, you don't look it, no. but, uh, occasionally when, when, no, you, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, yeah, you do. You act more than your age at times, but <laughs> Hey, that's all good. All right. You mentioned it. So I, and it's Friday. So we're just throwing out all the fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned you have some sentimental things and stuff. Do you collect sports stuff? Do you keep stuff from games or programs yeah, or yeah. any of that kind of stuff? Personal stuff that I have ties to. Yeah, I, I do. I, I definitely, um, when I was in school, um, I used to keep our programs here and there, especially my senior year um, when I was, you know, more included in those, like being on the, the front of them and whatnot. I always liked keeping those things. Cause I, I remember growing up, my dad had, um, you know, trading cards and a lot of, you know, memorabilia of his own um, that he, you know, funny enough, he would just leave these things around like in storage and we'd just find them all around in random places. And I'm like, man, I used to think it was the coolest thing, but I think at the time, you know, he just... I wouldn't say he didn't care about it as much, but he just probably had so much going on. He just didn't really think twice about it. So I knew when I was finally in this position, I always wanted to keep every little meaningful thing that I could because I knew I'd always cherish it. I knew how I cherished the the items that were his. And so I said, well, I know that I'll cherish them. And, you know, one day when I have kids, I think they'll look back and being able to see, you know, the the programs or posters that I'm on when I played here at Alabama. Obviously, we had a lot of success. I just thought it would be something cool to have. So, yeah. I used to like to keep my gloves from certain games or, you know, I, I used to keep as much as I could, probably a lot more than, than other people. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, I, I do have a, a good bit of, um, you know, personal memorabilia that, that has a lot of memory to it. When you were on the cover of uh, the Crimson Tide football program, who was with you? I think the the one that comes to mind is it was me, Jamie Mosley, who's my best friend, and also uh, oh, yeah. there's one, there's three of us. Who was the third? There's one more guy on there. I can't think off the top of my head, but I thought it was awesome that uh, our senior year they had me, Jamie, who's my best friend, and one other. So uh, we got as many of those as we could because we thought it was just cool. We knew our family uh, would enjoy those. So we, we piled up on those after that one. We went around the locker room and was like, hey, if you're not going to use that, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I've i got, obviously, you know, old guy again, but friends that played and played for Coach Bryant, I mean, all through the eras here. Mm-hmm. And – Every dang one of them, if they ever appeared on the cover, kept two or three of them. Yeah, you got to. When you think about the heritage and the love for Alabama football, being on the cover is 
almost like putting your hand by Denny Chimes. I agree. I think it's something is you know something that's truly special and something you shouldn't take for granted. You know, it's it's just it's very meaningful. You just look at all the hard work and and the growth and development that you've had since you've been here, and then to see yourself finally you know making a name for yourself and and you know having success and to see you you know on the the cover of that again tied to a program like Alabama, the heritage, the success of this program. It truly is you know remarkable and something that's very. Uh, special and sentimental, so I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I keep uh, as many of those as I can because not only for myself, but I also want to be able to when I have kids one day, be able to give them to them. Because again, growing up, I used to think my yeah. dad's trading cards were the coolest thing ever. Like I used, to, <laughs> I used to be like, man, that's so cool. I want to, I want to have my own. And then when I finally got one, I was like, dang, full circle. Isn't that cool? Yeah, no, just, uh, it is. I'm like, thinking about it. Chill. Yeah, no, thinking about it now, I, I get so tied up because I'm always so busy doing who knows what. But yeah, thinking about it now, I'm not gonna lie. That's uh, it is cool. Like I, I, I'm like literally thinking back to when I was like seven years old. Right now, I'd go through boxes of trading cards with my dad, and uh, I used to just I used to think they were the coolest thing. I used to have them in my room. My mom always saved them for me and my brother. And then, yeah, now I'm thinking of my cards. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool, man. I'm glad you brought that up. Oh. That means a lot. Appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm going to push it just a little bit further because I just I love this kind of talk. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the stuff that's related to you, related to Corey, and I, I guess some other stuff with Alabama. Do you collect? Hold on to any anything outside of the world of sports. Yeah, um, somewhat, I would say. Um, just depends like your definition of collect. So recently, so in college, I was really big on collecting boots. I used to have a, a, a big exotic uh, boot collection. I still do have quite uh, the number of boots. Ostrich, Cayman, uh, you name it. I had pretty much any type of skin you could think of. And then recently, uh, I've been collecting uh, shoes, you know, specifically like Jordans. So now, probably have probably upwards of like fifteen pairs. I buy. I'm not gonna lie. I probably buy a pair or two every month. Probably at least. Probably buy like two pairs a month at least. Uh, so that's. Do you pro- wear them or just save them? No, I wear them. I, there's some people that save them, and uh, you know, because they, they they the reason I, I I've gotten into this is because. Believe it or not, they actually are a pretty good investment. Like you can wear these shoes, yeah, and you actually can resell them for what you paid for or more. And then if you don't wear them, you mean you could, you know, it's almost like an asset. So I told myself, I was like, hey, that's, you know, I'm business minded. I'm like, what other? Why would I not buy these shoes? Any other shoes you buy, you wear them. They pretty much, yeah, that's it. You're not gonna get anything out of them. These you can get money back out of them. So yeah, I started collecting those. Uh, I'm a big hunter, so I, you know, I have a you know fair share of firearms. Uh, but yeah, that's probably probably about it uh, off the top of my head. Uh, I don't know if we can talk about that on air. <laughs> but, you know, like oh, hunting it's purposes. our show, Christian. We can talk about anything we want to. We can even talk about tampons. Well, there you go. Okay, there you go. Wide range. <laughs> have you seen Have you seen that story? I'll drop it on you in a minute. Oh, um, yeah, I think the I did. Original, <laughs> uh, yeah, an original pair of Nike Air Jordans. Is worth oh they're these are used too so here's your investment selling right here on eBay for four grand oh yeah Matt it's the craziest thing and the way they do it now is like they only make a certain number of pairs so when they come out like you you have to get them like right like if they release say today Friday the seventeenth 
there's a set time, Matt, and you have to go on like the Nike app and you have to buy at, at nine o'clock on the dot. If not, they're sold out. And that's what makes them the markup so high because it's, there's such a limited number. It's, it's honestly, Matt, it's ridiculous the way it works, but it is what it is. That I'm, I'm having a little trouble wrapping my head around that. Trust me, I did How too. Many, I, I didn't do it pay, for the longest yeah. time. Everybody in college did it, Matt. Everybody on my team, they, they always had them. And I was like, why are y'all going crazy for these shoes? Why are you paying so much for these shoes? And now here I am. I've become, I've become one of them, Matt. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, we're, we're going to go closet on you here. How many, just take a guess. You don't have to take a guess because you probably know. How many, like, sports shoes... Nikes, that kind of thing. Do you have, and how many boots do you have? Um, so we're not just talking about Jordan. So I, I have a lot of shoes because when I was in the NFL, yeah. I was sponsored by Nike. So I used to have a you know a credit and allotment that they allowed me to to purchase things. And you know, I used to just get a lot of Air Maxes and just regular Nike style running shoes, athletic shoes. So I have you know probably upwards of twenty pairs of those. Probably about fifteen pairs of Jordans or Dunks. Uh, and boots, I've sold off some boots that I don't wear, so I'm probably down to about ten to twelve boots. Um, so yeah, too many. The answer is too many, <laughs> way too many. Well, but yeah. Too hey, many. what's your closet look like? You're a styling guy. Do you have like double closet hangers, rods going the length of a football field just to put all your clothes on? <laughs> no, I I, uh, I utilize a lot of dressers and drawers. Um, but then I, I will say, you know, I try to color coordinate my shirts at least. Yeah, the shirts and jackets and everything hanging up. But luckily, um, you know, I have enough room where and I have extra room. So I, I utilize not only my closet, but then like the guest room closets. I use that. And then <laughs> in my garage, if there's a lot of stuff that I don't wear, I'll put them into boxes and I, I have storage in there as well. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. Mo- this moving process has made me learn that I, I need to get rid of a lot of stuff. So um, if anybody needs some shirt or sh- shirts or shoes, I uh, might have some stuff for you. you. need to contact Big Noon Sports. I might be able to help you out. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, and it's just proper that you, you're endorsing shoes now. Yeah. But, uh, it's only right. What's, uh, what's the, uh, the big brand name in boots these days? I remember going to El Paso and going to the Tony Lama. Okay, boot yeah. Factory. Yeah, at, I got a at pair. At that time, that was a pretty big dog in the world of boots. You got a pair of those? I do. Who else is big in that? I had a pair of Tony Lama Cayman boots. I actually just uh, traded them to my friend for a pair of Nikes and some cash. I did a, did a little swap with him. But uh, I I would tell you, Matt, now, right now, the hot name is Tacovas. I don't know if you've heard of them. They have a store up in, uh, might I be have. the Summit. It's in Birmingham, though. But um, Tacovas. They uh they're great quality and this is not even an ad. This is me just saying that hopefully maybe they can sponsor us because I, I do love their boots. They're great quality. They're they're well made, but they're they're very affordable, um, especially for their exotic boots. You know you can get ostrich boots um, for like the four hundred range, four hundred and some change range. Um, they've got you know lizard, caiman, you name it. But they're they're really good and, and they, they they pump them out quick. You know they have a uh, I think they're set up in Texas, but. Their stores all over now, and they're really good boots, and they're, they're very comfortable. I, I like them a lot. Uh, so if you're interested in Matt, you definitely should check them out. I recommend. Uh, all right. It sounds good. Um, 
I just you're discussing trading shoes for some and some cash just cracked me up. Yeah, I just like see you guys in an alley. You know, with a box underneath your coat. Hey, <laughs> well, no, you got the shoes? No, this is my friend, and he, he had been eyeing these Cayman boots yeah. for a long time. He had wanted them so bad because he knows I don't really wear them. And he's like, man, let me get them. I'll, I'll wear them, I promise. And I'm like, huh? All right. So he had a pair of uh, some Nike Dunks that I liked, and then uh, he put in some cash on top because, you know, them Cayman boots, those aren't those aren't cheap. <laughs> so we, uh, we worked oh. it out. But it, I'm, I'm glad they're going to someone who's going to enjoy them. All right, Christian Miller, you hear him. You can talk to him if you want to dial the phone. You can do that at 205-342-9904. Lars Anderson is coming up next. Uh, we're going to uh, bring him on because I really, really, really. Because t- Lars and I last night were watching part of the Genesis, the golf tournament. And we were laughing at just how it wasn't like a bunch of stiffs walking down the fairway. They were laughing and cutting up. And they really cut up when Tiger outdrove JT. We will talk about that again on the other side of the break as you listen to Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts provides more than just the right parts for your repair. Our professional parts people can also offer free... Hey kids, what's going on today? It's Friday afternoon, Big Noon Sports... Appreciate all of you dialing us in. I want to remind you that we we do have a Twitter account. Our handle, is that the uh, jargon you use now? I believe so. Uh, Handle is at Big Noon Sports. Pretty simple. Website, BigNoonSports.com. Really easy to find. When you go to BigNoonSports.com, you can click right on Listen. There you are. You're listening uh, to us through our affiliate in Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9. Lars, I know you had to be giddy when you saw what Tiger Woods did to JT rolling off the tee box. I thought, by the way, how are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. Had a really uh, wonderful time this morning on campus talking to high school kids from around the state uh, about a variety of topics. And uh, by the way, I did give your cell phone out to about 150 kids, so uh, you might be getting a phone call. Uh, asking for advice, so hope hope that's cool. Uh, uh, wonderful. <laughs> hey, that's, that's one thing I, I seriously believe in is paying it forward. But I don't know yeah. about one hundred and fifty. How what, how would I do that? Okay, <laughs> never mind. Um, I, I loved it. I loved it, and it was on the ninth hole, and I believe it was the first hole uh, that when they were uh, you know hit, hitting uh, hitting driver that Tiger had out distance. Um, uh, Justin Thomas and uh, and Tiger uh, very discreetly, you know, pulled out uh, a Tampax and discreetly handed it over to uh, JT and uh, message delivered. You know, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's definitely like uh, you know a golfer's uh, and, and like a, a dude's sense of humor. And that's that's uh, and I think it's 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 Tiger's sense of humor, 
and uh, and certainly uh, you know they, Justin got a kick out of it, and uh, just just the fact that Tiger had planned to do it. You know, and you know that Tiger was just itching to outdrive him on one hole at least, <laughs> and, and uh, I just I, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Of course, we you didn't see it in real time because Tiger was so discreet about it. But then when people went back and uh, you know just uh, sort of analyzed the tape, so to speak, and and uh, they they could see that Tiger. Uh, handed him the uh, the Tampax. That uh, was very funny and uh, just just a little subtle nudge to let Justin know that uh, Tiger's still the man. You know, even yeah. even even if uh, Justin you know is the better player now, and he clearly is, and he's going to outdrive him ninety five percent of the time. But uh, Justin's got a long way to go to catch Tiger and in. in like basically in every single category um yeah. and 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 you and I were watching it and uh it was so wonderful just to see those three guys uh Tiger, Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy just having fun on the course and um just acting like they were you know the the best of friends and the thing is it's not an act they are the best of friends also happen to be my three favorite golfers in the world, and uh, really just I, I I I just I loved watching every second of that round. And man, that's a tough course. Uh, it's a really uh, difficult course. And and I, I heard you uh, as, as I was driving over from campus, Matt. Just you know, you and I uh, were talking about Tiger, and just the, the, he's got a permanent limp. I don't think that's ever going to go away, and it's 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 kind of hard for those of us who grew up uh, watching Tiger in his prime, and now his body is just it, it's breaking down right in front of us. And um, but uh, hey, he 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 put on a a, a good show yesterday, and uh, you know we'll see what he can do uh, for the rest of the tournament. I don't think he really has a chance to win, but um, you know it was uh, for for one for one round it was magic to me. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun to watch, and that little underlying story you mentioned something, Lars, that I I thought of, and that's how he planned that. He had that in his pocket for nine holes. You know, <laughs> maybe maybe he had it in his bag and went over the bag and picked it up. But he he must have really wanted to go knock knock. Who's there? Hey, Justin, still it's Tiger. I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he just he, he, was, he uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's one of those practical jokes that requires some thought and foresight and some planning. And uh, and and he did yeah. it and he pulled it off. And it, I, I just thought it was hilarious. I'm not going to go into great detail, but if we we ask questions here to probably push the envelope a little bit. Do you think he went and bought it himself, or did he send his caddy? <laughs> I think he sent his caddy, or maybe he's got a. Did you ever have to do? I don't want to. Maybe that's maybe, a, maybe he's got just uh, extra set in his house. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe so, but uh, I I do know that 
it shouldn't be this way, but it's it's uncomfortable when I've gone to the store for for um, my wife. I can uh, I can honestly up. say that I've I, never purchased uh, anything like that before. Well. Christian, I'm not uh, even going to ask sometimes you because you're yeah. not going to answer it. <laughs> no, well, Christian's, Christian's 51 now, so it, you know he probably he probably feels the same way I do. A little awkward just mentioning the word outright. It was it was interesting, and in, uh, when I was talking to the students uh, this morning, um, one of the sessions was sort of like po- podcasting radio and. I said that you know I had been with uh, Jay, and this is no disrespect to Jay. And Jay, he he would get a kick out of this anyway. Um, I, I mentioned I worked with Jay Barker for four years, and it was just like blank looks on all these high school kids' faces. And I'm like, oh, but now, oh, I, Lars, but now I work with rewind, Kurt. rewind. He's like, but, he's you, can't, but, you can't air that. That's going to hurt his feelings. No, Jay would Jay he would he would get a kick out of it. He would get a kick out of it. But then I mentioned, but now I work with Christian Miller, and and they right away like I didn't need to say that he played linebacker at Alabama, and won two national championships, and played in the NFL. They're like, oh, Christian Miller! <laughs> like oh, wow. it's, it's it's funny, just uh, that you know the it's a generation six, thing. It's, it is generational. Jay, Jay had a lot more success. It, 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 had, it has nothing to do with. It, 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 it's purely generational. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. No, Jay. No, Jay was phenomenal in college. He did a lot. Yeah, so much. Uh, no, and yeah, Jay, went on to play. So, yeah, no, the Jay is awesome. And no, that's just. And what's funny is in five years, probably people are going to have no clue who I am, but they're going to know <laughs> uh, who these guys that just came in. Uh, uh, Haynes, the running back. Yeah, and, uh, you know that's just. It's kind of how how yeah, it works. It's but a circle of life. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's funny. That's um, it. The, the the tide does change. It does. And in, uh, I wanted to ask both of you guys this question because it was posed to me and uh, it, it sort of stopped me for a second. And it was, um, uh, Lars, what what makes a good podcast? And and Christian, I know you do a podcast with your dad and, and uh, Matt and I do a podcast together. And I thought about it for a second and I my, my response was just, I think it's it's authenticity. It, it yeah. is being truthful, not just to yourself, but to uh, what is going on in the world. And then they were asking me, "Well, what 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 should we talk about?" I'm like, "Well, what what do you talk about with your friends? What are the biggest problems that you guys are facing as fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year olds?" And then just get real about it. And have a deep dive discussion, I guess as deep as you can when you're that age, but I think you can go deep mm-hmm. and uh and and just be authentic and be yourself and be raw and don't be afraid to be um, to be emotional and, and and really you don't have to talk about um hey, was that a holding call at the end of the Super Bowl? Uh, you certainly can, but I, I would rather listen to, um, you know, like uh, I would rather listen to 15, 16 year olds just talk about what is, especially because, you know, I have kids that are soon going to be that age. What are the most important issues that they're facing in their lives that maybe adults 
and don't don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What do you think? What what is the key, Christian, to a good podcast in in your mind? And and what do you and your dad? Uh, try to do when when you talk uh, on on the, on the Miller's Edge, and obviously you guys talk a lot of football because mm-hmm. both of you played in the league and played at a very high level, and and that is what you know. Mm-hmm. But um, but again, just going back to the original question, what, what do you think is the if you could distill it down to one thing, what is the key to success of a podcast? Just be natural. Make it seem as if. It's the the listeners in the room in that conversation. You want it to feel like a conversation, not uh, as if you're giving like a speech. That's one thing I've had to uh, you know get used to. Because sometimes you know I'm so used to just doing interviews from sports. I got to remember you know doing radio or doing podcasts, just as, as if you're just speaking to someone like a daily conversation. I think that's what works best because I like to listen to podcasts myself. Um, different genres. I like watching Theo Vaughn, who's a comedian. I think he's hilarious. Um, you know, you got, you know, the full send podcast, which are young, young guys, a little wild, but they, they have, uh, these dynamic guests. They've interviewed Trump on their podcast and these guys are known as party guys. I'm not even a party guy, but they're just entertaining because they're funny. They're wild, Mm -hmm. but they're having guests like Trump. So you think about, you know, that dynamic and, and that pairing and it just is so interesting. Um, but what makes it great is. They're themselves, you know, just because, you know, he's Trump, they're not going to, you know, they're still being funny and saying funny things. Um, when I watch, you know, those sports podcasts with, uh, you know, Brandon uh, Marshall, um, it seems like you're in the locker room with those guys. You know, they're talking about things that, you know, we used to talk about in the locker room. They're talking about issues amongst athletes and players and things that they deal with. So uh, me being an athlete as well, like hearing that, you know, I feel as if I'm in the conversation with them. So I think just being natural, being yourself and just being uh, transparent and making it a little interesting. You know, don't be afraid to throw some humor in there. Um, you know, you don't have to be so scripted or robotic, just as if you're just having a regular conversation and it's just being recorded. That would be my advice because I think that's what makes it a lot better is when you just feel like you just, you know, you're eavesdropping in on a conversation. That That's the most um, appealing and the most interesting uh, podcast to me. I think it was Joe Rogan once he interviewed. He's and he's he is, a great. He is yeah, really he's, good. he's all over he, the place, but he, they're he entertaining. Had, he had a jewel on, and I, I couldn't stop listening. Yeah, I mean, he was able to get stuff out of her and what she's been through in her life, and and and, and you know, we all know that, that a little bit about her biography, how she you know lived in her car and all this stuff. But mm-hmm. man, I, it was just it was such a good interview, and she was just so real. Uh, Matt, same question to you. What what do you think makes uh, for a good podcast? Uh, it, it was advised to me many, many years ago when you're doing anything of this sort, whether it be television, radio, your writing, uh, as you so eloquently do, Lars, or, or podcasts, uh, have a passion. Have a passion for what you're talking about and let people know that. And I also think that podcasts, and Lars, you and I do this, and – I bet the CMs do. Um, don't be afraid to take a right turn when you're supposed to be going left. If you, if you're if you're talking about the Super Bowl and suddenly hamburger toppings comes up, well, go with it. You know. <laughs> so I, I, it's the one word that has stuck with me all my broadcasting career. Hit the mic. Hit your passion button. You know what else is really really important? Be informed. Be informed. Yeah, yeah. Talk about talk about what you know. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's a big one. Talk yeah. about what exactly. you know. You know what? That might be the best description of all what we've talked about for two and a half minutes. So, 
Um, all good. Uh, we're going to start a new segment. Uh, I don't know how regularly we'll do that. Uh, but is did he really say that? I've got two examples. We may get to one when we come back on Big News Sports. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports. Hey, Pete, how's business? It's great. Foot traffic's still way down, but more people are finding me online. Nice. How'd you pull that off? Well, the first thing I did was go for tomorrow and Sunday, sunny both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow is 59 for Sunday, the high at 67. I'm James Spam on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 44 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports. Can y'all hear my computer? It won't mute itself. I'm very aggravated. There we go. Now I, I close it, and um, it's still just talking away. Um, by the way, uh, I have to, I'm going to share something with y'all real quick because my daughter is uh, – I have two daughters and a son, but uh, my daughter often sits in and does a little substitute teaching. It's not that running a household and raising three children and having a dad like me isn't enough. She wants to go work 10 hours a day. She says, I hope your day is going well. I had a kid slam my hand in a Chromebook, and another one puked in the lunchroom. <laughs> wow. Stuff like that, the stuff like that, that's, that kind of stuff just cracks me up. Uh, because you know why, Christian? I get along better with children than I do any adults. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should spend time with my kids for a while. I have, and uh, that's that's why I uh, no. They why actually, I'm here. Yeah, no, no, they, no. I love your kids. Yeah, I know they're they're good kids. They're good kids. Um, I kind of got too deep into that. Can you believe they said that thing? But I really want to play this for you. But I didn't do the proper technical research on it. But the gist of this thing coming from Aaron Rodgers is that he believes that because the Jeffrey Epstein list is coming out, that's why we're suddenly seeing UFO reporting. Yeah, that's something sounds, wrong with this guy, Chris. Well, it sounds like a lot of conspiracy theories you might be reading too much into. Um, I mean, it is. I mean, I think there's nothing wrong with questioning why all of a sudden we're shooting down so many UFOs this frequently, but to link it to. Uh, Epstein, that just sounds like uh, the whole Twitter conspiracy machine, if you ask me. But Yeah, I mean, he's uh, – forget about the politics here. Uh, he's a proud anti-vaxxer. Uh, he's railed against the, quote, woke mob coming to, quote, cancel him. And all the while he consists that he's not a conspiracy theorist. He's just a free thinker. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm all for free thinking, but I mean, this, but when you're, you know, some of that stuff is a little too, yeah, and extreme. he, then he said, uh, yeah, the Epstein client list is about to be released. There are some files that have some names on them that might be getting released pretty soon. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, 
this is crazy. I mean, he, he, I think he believes it's just like a distraction, but. Uh, you know what's crazy is he's not the only person, though. I mean, you'd be surprised. No, I, I mean, know. You see, you see a bunch of this. <laughs> if you if you stay on Twitter long enough, you see all type of conspiracy theories and. Oh man. Yeah, it sounds like he. Uh, you know he what I worry work out and get back to football for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think football is good for him. Here's what I worry about. <laughs> If if we're blowing up, really, they're, they're UFOs, and we're taking them out, they're obviously more advanced than we are because we can't find them. They found us. What's going to happen next? Hello, world. Hello, Earth. World of the worlds. Well, okay, there's your conspiracy for Chris, you. Chris Walsh coming we'll up next back. on the other side. Great. Make plans to attend the DCH 100th Anniversary Music Festival presented by Harrison Construction Saturday, March 4th, 2 to 8 p.m. at the River District Park in downtown Tuscaloosa. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. You just heard it back on Big Noon Sports with uh, myself. I'm Matt Coulter. There's Christian Miller, and then there's Lars Anderson. And now serving um, wonderful inside pulled pork barbecue and martinis is Chris Walsh from SI Bama Central. Chris, it's been a, it's been a little bit of, uh, since we had you on, but how are you, man? How are the kids? He's, uh, I think Chris will be here in a second, Matt, uh, just oh, shortly. Okay. Yeah, we're still, still dialing him up right here, but... Looking forward to having him on. It has been a, been a second, but he always does provide a lot of a lot of good stuff. Uh, got a few good questions for him when he does get here. Um, Lars, I'm going to bring up Nebraska today. All right, yeah, but it, it's, it's going to be. Good. I know it's going to be negative. Eric Johnson. Uh, I just I don't get it. <laughs> for those of you yeah. that don't know, he has been arrested for human trafficking, uh, gangs prosecution. All of the things that just make you want to throw something through a wall or worse. Um, played six years in the NFL. Pretty decent player. I would think if you save a little money in those six years, first of all, why do this, period? But what an interesting line of work, if you can even call it that, to get involved with. I don't even know. It's a fun Friday. We don't want to go in this direction. We want to find something else fun. No. Uh, I don't want to go in that direction. No, it, it, it's it's a it's a horrific story, and yeah, innocent until proven guilty. But uh, boy, that uh, is disturbing to 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 say the least. Um, Matt, what what are your? Uh, well, let me ask you this, Christian. Um, all right. Well, before I get to that, Chris Walsh joins us from Bama Central, which covers all things Alabama and uh, supplies a lot of information uh, to Sports Illustrated. Chris, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm good. I um, hope you guys are all okay, after, especially after that storm, although kind of seemed to go right around Tuscaloosa. I don't know what it did with Birmingham and all, but. It went right around us. <laughs> yeah, it was good, a good, uh, good, good bit of rain. But uh, other than that, uh, everything everything was fine. Uh, Chris, let's start with Alabama basketball. 
Uh, did the loss against Tennessee reveal anything that has you concerned about this team moving forward, especially into the NCAA tournament? Not particularly, because, um, you know, you you look at that game and, well, number one, I mean, the turnovers had to jump out at you, and they they hadn't really had that problem in, in a while. Uh, so in that respect, it wasn't anything new. Um, and also it was really kind of rare. Uh, you know, the physicality of that game was unbelievable. I mean, even the announcers were talking about it being a slugfest. And <laughs> I'll even take it a step further. I'm still just kind of like, uh, kind of wondering about what the officials were doing in that game. And it's, it's my biggest problem with college basketball period is, the, the inconsistent officiating, and that was a perfect example of it. So um, I think if you had those two two teams square off in a, in a neutral court setting, uh, I don't, yeah, it wouldn't be the same. It, it just I, I just don't see how it could be the same. So uh, maybe this, this might be one of those times where, you know, I mean, granted, you want to be number one, and that's great and all that, but it's, you want to be number one or close to number one at the end. And this is kind of one of those games, I think in the long run, you know, might get, might be really beneficial for that team because it's, it's just, it's, it's such a huge burden to be number one. And this team is so young. So I'm hoping that they, it was a good learning experience for, for the Crimson Tide. Alabama still has to finish the season with, you know, Georgia, South Carolina, Arkansas, Auburn, and Texas A&M. Do any of those games jump out to you that could also be a, a big setup game for them or a game of concern? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, they're going to get Auburn's best shot again, which, you know, with Auburn, I mean, granted, the game's going to be in Alabama. If the shots start falling, that's a tough one. Arkansas has been coming on. And then, obviously, Texas A&M now, I mean, that looks like it's going to be uh, it could decide the SEC regular season title. So it's, it's, even though they, you know, this, this last week we knew it was going to be a buzzsaw, you know, with, with Florida, Auburn, and then, uh, Tennessee, especially with Auburn and Tennessee on the road. I mean, <laughs> Alabama wasn't even favored at Tennessee, which even though it was number one, which is kind of funny to me, but, um, it's, it's, even though it's, it's five games to go, they, they got through that, that initial tough, surge if you will uh yeah it's it's still going to be uh touch and go you know those are those are very good teams and and alabama's going to have to be playing really good basketball if it's still going to win the sec title other than brandon miller who obviously is uh in my mind the the most important player on the team who would be the second most important player on this team to you chris Ooh, that's a really good question um, because you can go in so many different ways. Um, yeah, when you, when you get into tournament time, you got to have the guard. You, you just, you've got to have really good guard play. So I'm going to say it's Gwinnerly. 
And he, and he got a little sloppy last night. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's got to avoid yeah. the, the, the I, turnovers. I, I, I was blowing up Christian's phone to saying, get Quinterly off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, I, I love Quinterly, but uh, you know, to try to do that behind the back stuff, uh, going to the hoop with uh, you know, 10, 20 seconds left, it's just like, come on. Yeah, he's got to play. He's also their veteran, you know? Uh, and, and and I mentioned before the team is so young. Is you, you got to have a, a someone who is running the, when they're running the show. They got to be that veteran guy. They got to be that presence. They have that kind of awareness. And uh, he got away from that a little bit last last night. But um, you know when when we get into SEC tournament and NCAA tournament, I think his focus is going to be dead on. I want to shift over to football just for a second, Chris. We saw that uh, mm-hmm. Alabama football has added, uh, is it uh, Ken Weisenhunt? Is that how you pronounce the last name? Weisenhunt? Yeah, yeah Weisenhunt. They, yeah, mm-hmm. they added him to their staff. I think he's going to be you know, like an assistant to the head coach. Um, you know, Ken's a former uh, head coach himself, spent time in the NFL. What do you think he brings to the table, and what does he offer to the program? Yeah, you know, that was a really interesting move, I thought. And and Saban had told us once before that he was really good. The two of them are really good friends. So he loves having balance, if you will, on the coaching staff. It's it's when he's, you know, the the moves he made as coordinator, I think, it it just show it really, really well. You've got the veteran guy still on the defensive side, and then you got the the, uh, Reese, the youngest, the young guy. Uh, as the offensive coordinator, but it's, he now gives Reese a guy that he can bounce things off of and can be that, you know, that veteran presence when, you know, when they, when they're putting together game plans. I, I thought it was a very interesting hire. And, um, you know, it's, there's some rumblings, you know, some people think that they're going to get a little bit more back into, um, you know, old style offense. I can't believe I'm saying that about, you know, uh, the, the offense that we've had under Nick Saban, but, I don't think it's going to go quite that far because David's kind of insane. He wants more of the um, the, the option and so forth and, and run pass um, again. But, uh, yeah, really, really interesting move that I think a lot of people overlooked. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm going to ask you this question probably every single time we have you on between now and uh, the start of the football season, but uh, – any new news? Any gut feel on who Alabama's starting quarterback is going to be? <laughs> First practice is March March twentieth. Let's uh, <laughs> let's at least get him on the field. <laughs> I yeah I I, I don't think uh, does Tommy you know, do, okay put it let me put it this way. I should have framed it a different way. Uh, does Tommy does the hire of Tommy Reese signal? Uh, that the that that Nick is thinking one way or the other, or is it going to be like it's always been with Coach Saban? He just lets the sort of the, the it's almost like the team decides whoever win who will win over the team. Do you think that's how it will ultimately play out? Definitely. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be the latter. It's it's yeah. definitely you know you're you're not going to pigeonhole the starting quarterback when you've got a couple of guys. You know, it, it's people get better in competition. People forget that you want these guys going against each other every single day in practice, pushing each other. And you also have to go through the summer when 
it's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's done when coaches aren't around and needs to be done. So it's, it's, you know, how are these guys going to handle that and how are they going to rally everyone to get out there and, 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 you know, throw the ball around and stuff and, and, and run some drills and, and, and so forth. So it, it, that stuff's important. It's really important. I think it's important at every single position. So, um, Saban loves, I mean, it's, Saban loves his veterans. He really, really does. He wants those guys to step up and and kind of um, take ownership of the, of the position groups and so forth. So there's a lot of stuff that's still got to be kind of figured out and worked out. And I think this spring in particular, we're going to see a lot more teaching going on across the board, including that quarterback. And so I, it's, I love these people who are just like, oh, so-and-so is going to be quarterback. It's like, come on. <laughs> no, <laughs> You're right. I, I think we we all know at this point. Um, it's basically like you, like Lars was saying the, the second part. You know, Coach Saban usually you know lets lets it play out, and the best man wins. That's ultimately how he decides whoever's the best fit, whoever gives the team the best chance to win. Um, and when when they're on the field, that's what matters. And and, and he takes a lot of consideration to who win, wins over the team, who wins the locker room. That that goes a long way as well. So I think which, whichever guy plays the best. And ultimately can win over his teammates in the locker room. Uh, I think he's going to be the one for the job. I want to ask you real quick while we're still speaking about uh, the offensive side of the football. Who do you feel like benefits the most from the hiring of Tommy Reese? Uh, not not a player individually. It could be, but at least a, a specific position group. If you had to say which group or person do you think benefits the most from the hiring of Tommy Reese? I want to say... I want to say the running backs. Um, I, 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 and I'm not even sure why I want to say that. Uh, to be honest, it, there's, yeah, no, there's it, no right answer. I don't think anybody really knows <laughs> until the season comes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an interesting <laughs> thing because I, I get why you're going there. You know, He really likes to, to implement that heavy run game, and he likes to set up the run in various ways, whether it's the pre-snap movement and just the formations or the personnel in general. So no, I, I understand why you're going there. That, ma- that makes a lot of sense. I just was curious your thoughts. Yeah, it's just, um, it, it, you know, I kind of go back to when, when, um, the last, when Bill was hired and, and people are like, oh, it's going to be great for the tight ends. And it's like, eh, you know, it does, I don't really feel like it really was kind of thing, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, I'm, I think the one thing that I think that they were kind of lacking last year that I wish, I, I, okay, they didn't have the same wide receivers. That's obvious. Um, but the inside running game wasn't, wasn't what I think Alabama fans were quite used to. And some of that had to do with the personnel, obviously. Um, mm. So I, I don't want to sit there and say that bringing in him is going to make this huge difference. Um, but I think it's going to be a little bit more of a priority just in general. So, and I think that the guys that they've got at running back this year, not to say, you know, this isn't anything against the guys they had last year, just it's a little bit better of, of the makeup from what we can tell so far. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm going. Just, and then part of that is just because I don't know, you know, I don't know who's going to be a quarterback. I don't know who's going to be at, at certain other positions. And, and um, it, it's going to be, it is going to be an interesting spring. There's a lot of stuff that's got to be decided on the offense. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and the, the biggest one, I'm going to ask you when we get back to the break. Chris, can you hang on for just a minute or two? I- I guess so. <laughs> if you've got dad responsibilities, if you've got dad responsibilities or something, just let me know. I'm good. Um, but yeah, now I, I put you. Uh, 
I, I put you uh, on hold, so you have to stay because you have to answer one more question on Big News Sports. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Have you ever been in a car wreck? Oh, I sure have. I needed a lawyer and I didn't know what to do. I was worried it was going to cost too much money. Then I turned to... Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Noticeably colder this afternoon, mostly sunny and windy at times. The high at 50. Clear tonight, the low 26. For tomorrow and Sunday, sunny both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow is 59. For Sunday, the high at 67. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 43 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports, our guest is Chris Walsh. Uh, Chris, I got a, a question about wide receivers coming your way, but first of all, tell everybody how they can find you, uh, read you, listen to you. Uh, we we know that you're with SI Bama Central. Go from there. <laughs> well, as I always say, Bama Central, we're a Sports Illustrated home for all things Crimson Tide, and I mean, we really play that up. I mean, we're the only ones who are covering any of the sports outside of football and basketball and you know this weekend it's just it's nuts uh because it's opening day in baseball softball's playing gymnastics has got to meet uh you know even even swimming uh at the sec championships we we <laughs> i was looking at this weekend i was like we're gonna need like a viewer's guide for people to figure out where you know what all this stuff is is going on and also for myself just because it's, it's that crazy so come check us out please uh bamessential.com Chris, um, Bama over the last um, ten years or so, from um, Julio to Devonte, Judy, really, it, it, just very, very rich at wide receiver for the first time in my lifetime. I think first time ever in Alabama football. It dropped off last year. Everybody wants to know why. I mean, is it is the answer is inevitably you're going to have a little ebb with the flow. Well, I, I think it's a combination of the guys that were there the year before the starters were really, really good, you know. Um, and they both ended up, well, one was a first-round draft pick and the uh, one was a second-round draft pick, and he, he could have been a first-round draft pick. Um, that's that's not going to happen every single year. I'm sorry. Um, so you had that. Then you had guys who came in as transfers who I think – I think some people thought they were going to be a little bit, I, I don't want to say better than they were, but it's, it was probably unfair, the expectation level that was given them. I mean, Jermaine Burton came in and had a good A day, and everyone just went, oh, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be great. And it's just, that's not exactly his game, is to be, I think, to be that key um, guy like, say, uh, Williams was. I mean, they're different kind of receivers, and, and, Jermaine Burton still ended up leading the team in receptions last season. So the, the, the other thing on that, obviously, though, is just that the rest of the unit was really, really young and needed to develop and 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 kind of start coming into its own. Um, a guy like Isaiah Bond is – this kid's going to be the real deal. I, I You know, you, you can tell, but it's just – it doesn't happen overnight. 
So it was kind of a combination of things and, um, you know, you factor in injuries and so forth. And, and yeah, the position group wasn't what I think a lot of people thought and they didn't have a thousand yard receiver, but I, you know, like I said, it goes to show just how good those guys were be, uh, before them. Chris, uh, I believe you're old enough to remember when Kevin Steele was on the Alabama staff uh, a few years ago. Uh, <laughs> um, your thoughts on Kevin Steele becoming the defensive coordinator? Do you expect uh, just a kind of a continuation of uh, what we've seen under the Saban defense, or is there going to be any, I wouldn't say radical changes, but subtle changes that uh, that will be implemented sort of philosophically? The thing about Kevin Steele that nobody talks near enough about is his attention to de- detail. The man is meticulous. Like, even his desk is, like, organized, so, like, every little thing is in the proper place kind of thing. Uh, he is going I, – I, he was a very interesting hire. Um, and I, I wrote this on Bama Central. You know, Saban obviously wanted to bring somebody back who was f- familiar with the defense, veteran presence, get back a little bit to the way that the, the, the defense used to be. I, I think that that was clear. Everyone was kind of focused on somebody else, and then Kevin Steele comes in. And it was like, oh, okay, yeah. Um, the the thing that I, you know, it Steele's left twice. Um, another thing that no one talks about with moves like this, he is, I believe, two years away from being vested in the state retirement system. So I think regardless of how, what happens this year, I think he's here two years. I, I, I just have a feeling that, you know, that was kind of the deal between Nick and Steele. He was like, I got two years. It's like I'll give it to you. Come, to, come, you know, come to Alabama. So, um, yeah, I think it's good for the linebackers, especially. Um, and I think it's going to be we're getting back to kind of our core things. Even though when Steele was the defensive coordinator, you know, that was you know at the start of the Saban regime, the game changed a little bit. But he is he's he's you know very highly regarded. He's going to have a lot of talent to play with on this team. Um, it's going to be a little bit different from from last year, but it always is when they bring in a new a, a new defensive coordinator. So, um, yeah, though I, I want to circle back attention to detail. That's going to be huge um, for the for this team in particular, and trying to get these guys, you know, learn up learning up to speed. Chris, I've asked you about the offense side of the ball with their new coordinator. Now, time for the defense, Kevin Steele. Mm-hmm. Which player or position group would you say would benefit most by this hire? Yeah, I got to go with the, the interior linebackers, especially. I think that's going to be uh, really interesting. I want to see what they're going to do with the outside linebackers too. I mean, it's um, you know, Dallas last year didn't quite do what we thought he was going to do. So does he just automatically kind of step up and become like the primary pass rusher this year? Um, uh, Dallas Turner, I'm talking about, mm-hmm. and you know, it's. It, that's his I, his feel. I think in particular with with the linebackers. That I think that's his, his biggest strength. So uh, the biggest question for me, though, on the on, on the unit as a whole, just to change a little bit, it's going to be in the secondary. You know, who's going to be at safety? Um, because they had three good, three pretty good guys there last year. Uh, one of whom is now being held as a first round draft pick. Uh, the other two guys are going to do decent, obviously as, as well. But um, you know, it's. 
that that safety spot where it's the guy who's relaying all the signal calls, getting everybody lined up. You know that we we go back to that veteran presence kind of thing. Who's going to be the guy that that steps up there? And and they're going to have a couple couple guys there who are possibilities. All right, uh, appreciate your time uh, as always, Chris. <laughs> Uh, I look forward to the next round of uh, Tito's Martinis. <laughs> I feel like I just talked the guys' ears off. You know, it's like, it, uh, we got to go. You talk too much. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Would you like to stay another segment? That's really great information. No, but you know what? It, 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 it's interesting when I, I got the message this morning, late this morning, and unfortunately I didn't get it earlier, but I actually had played a note down, I swear, on my my my. my scheduled today because last night I was like, you know, I haven't heard from bars in a while. Wonder if he's okay. Uh, <laughs> and here you are. So yep. is uh, that <laughs> is that really you, you, the first thing you want I wonder if he's okay. Like did he fall in a ditch somewhere or Oh, no, 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 that's no, just, no, Chris, 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 Chris knows that I have three kids under the age of seven, so uh, it's it's always a 50-50 proposition if I'm uh, mentally okay. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. Oh. We just went through a thing two weeks ago. My uh, The five-year-old got two ear infections and strep, and we got her back healthy, and then the two-year-old tested positive for COVID. Oh, no. Um and when we were Ooh. on our way out of the uh, the pediatrician, I was like, "Can you check for the ear infections? Because that's why we came here for." And they were like, "Oh yeah, he's got two infections, two ear infections too." Um, and so we just got everyone back in school or um, daycare and and everything and so forth. Uh, we're all good now, but I, it's I had a couple of really really long weeks. I could yeah. go the rest of my life without hearing those two words put together: ear infections. Oh, yeah. Good grief. All right. Uh, hey, we got to get out of here. Thank you so much Uh doing two segments with us today. SI, Bama Central. That's Chris Walsh. Thank you. Have a great weekend, man. Thanks, you Chris. too, guys. Thanks, bud. Um, What do you got next? Chase up? Is this one of your students, Lars? Oh, no. No, no, no. Chase is big time. Oh, he's not? Oh, wait a minute. That doesn't reflect very well on your students. <laughs> what do you mean? He's saying he has experience. Awkward pause. Yeah, I, I didn't really. Awkward know pause. Roll tape. No, I, I'm, I'm uh, sorry. I was busy, no. I was busy reading the story by Christine Brennan in which uh, she was not amused by uh, Tiger Woods' little stunt. Oh my goodness! Uh, you know, I I, ta- I called at the very beginning of the show that that was going to happen. Yeah. And uh, I've gotten some pushback uh, on my own social media. Well, hey, let's read those later. First, we're uh, going to go no, to the Tuscaloosa News. I, I, actually, I actually asked if I could, and uh, I was told no. So we won't. Oh, all right. We, we will return, though, in just a minute. <laughs> This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Christian. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Tuscaloosa Locksmith sells key remotes, remote fobs, smart keys, car remotes, and black rifle coffee. They also do laser engraving. Tuscaloosa Locksmith, just off 15th Street behind the fire. 100.9 app. 
Hey, let's go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama with the T News and uh, bring on Chase Goodbread as uh, we talk uh, a lot of things Alabama. Uh, Chase, uh, I-, I want you to do me a favor as we kick this off and kind of describe your role because do you you still do some NFL stuff? Are you looking for young high school talent? I know you're a columnist and and I enjoy that, but. Take us uh, what you're doing really right now, because I know you have massive experience in the NFL. But what is your kind of your role now, and how yeah. do people get in touch with you, read you, and so forth? Sure. So, so I'm coming up on here in just a few days now. Uh, we'll be one year at the Tuscaloosa News. I worked for NFL.com for nine years from uh, 2013 until February of last year. And, of course, previous to that, I was at the Tuscaloosa News as a beat writer working with uh, Cecil Hurt, who was the columnist at that time. And uh, But I never did leave Tuscaloosa because when the NFL hired me, they didn't want me to move. I was a I was what they call a, a remote employee, a satellite employee, uh, which was kind of nice because I didn't want to move anyway. I liked it in Tuscaloosa. Uh, so I did that for about nine years and then – uh, almost exactly a year ago, um, I left the NFL and, and decided to come back to the T News in the columnist role as opposed to the beat writer role. And uh, so far, so good. It's it's suited me pretty well. I think I'm enjoying it. Chase, uh, been a big fan of yours for a long time, and uh, I know there's re- there's no replacing Cecil Hurt. But what what has it been like to sort of take over the role that Cecil played uh, at the Tuscaloosa News? Yeah, for sure. There's there's no replacing Cecil Hurd. He he was one of a kind, and and I tell people that if you're one of a kind, then you're not replaceable by definition. Uh, and that was Cecil Hurd. Uh, he had a unique style with the way he wrote, uh, with the way he thought. Uh, he he was a he was a heck of a guy and, and a mentor for me for, like I said, about four years when I was at the Tuscaloosa News previously. Uh, but you step into a in, into a role where somebody had been for the previous four decades, and I, I don't think people people like to say, "How do you fill the shoes?" I don't think you do fill the shoes. I think you stay in your own shoes and and just try to walk the path the best you can. And uh, you know, so far it's worked out. Of course, I get an email uh, maybe every month or so that starts with, you're no Cecil. <laughs> but uh, uh, you, you expect that going in. I kind of signed up for that. and that, That's okay because I, I, don't, I don't blame uh, people at all for, for missing Cecil and, and what he was, uh, the way he was able to entertain people with, with his columns. And if I could just follow up real quick, Chase. Um, now that you're the columnist, the main columnist for uh, Tuscaloosa News, uh, there are times when you are, you know, uh, you're going to be fair, but you're going to be critical. How do you walk that line uh, knowing that if you are critical, it could upset people in uh, the Malmore facility? You know, you can't worry about that. I think all you can do is just kind of call it like you see it. It's almost like a home plate umpire. There are balls. There are strikes. Uh, you call the balls balls. You call the strikes strikes. And, 
And uh, look, we're, we're all uh, deserving of criticize, criticism at times, including myself. Uh, and no one's immune, and and uh, you know, certainly hope you, you you hope that when you are critical, uh, the people whom you are critical of get it uh and 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 understand the the perspective sometimes they do sometimes they don't but you know your your responsibility as a columnist and and as a beat writer both really is is to the reader and not to who you're covering uh because the readers are the ones who subscribe uh the readers are the ones who plunk the quarters in the in the newspaper machines or at least that's how it used to be uh, and, and so those are the those are the people that you're you're really working for. Chase, I want to ask you because I know you have experience working with the NFL. A guy like Bryce Young, there's a lot of concerns about his size or his stature. Um, do you feel that that could potentially cause him to drop per se in this draft? I know some people have him going number one overall. Others have him as the number two quarterback, actually behind C.J. Stroud. Do you feel that his size? Uh, could potentially make him fall in this draft? I don't think there's any risk of Bryce Young falling very far at all. Um, now, does that mean that there aren't some teams out there that would have a concern about uh, his size or his stature? No, uh, there might be. I think for Bryce Young, he's entering the NFL at as good a time as he could hope for because – the the bias against short quarterbacks is pretty much, I think, squeezed out of the NFL now. I mean, it, look, it's pro football. They like big players at every position. They like big quarterbacks, too. But I don't think there's anywhere near as much bias against the short quarterback as there used to be, right? So, I mean, he'd be great in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, Drew Brees is only six foot, six one. Uh, Kyler Murray went number one overall. Baker Mayfield's not the tallest guy. He Russell went number Wilson. one overall. Super so man. I think the concerns about height for quarterbacks in the NFL have mostly gone out the window. Um, stature's a little bit of a different question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was, I actually wrote something on this, uh, I don't know, maybe about a month ago or, or so. Uh, on the fact that Bryce Young, even though he, you know he's short, but he's also not the thickest guy in the world. Um, and from what I understand from a couple of scouts I've talked to and a, and a couple of NFL draft experts that I keep up with, uh, height for the clubs is probably not going to be as much of a concern as 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 uh, uh, the frame on Bryce Young because he's a pretty slight guy. Um, so. That's something to watch for, but do I think he's going to drop in the draft? No. If he doesn't go number one, he'll go quickly thereafter. Hey, a couple of quick basketball questions, not necessarily involving the team, because we, we really talk a lot about that, believe it or not, Chase. But uh, is there any news, progress on a new basketball arena? And um, will Oates be at Alabama in five years? Two great questions for sure. Um, long way out for both of them. Might be a better question is if, if the arena will be built in five years because it seems like um, sometimes it yeah. seems like it's one step forward and two steps backward with getting that new arena built. Um, and, and I don't know. I don't have any special insight on when it might happen. I, I think they're. But the bottom line is they don't have the money yet. They're trying to gather. 
uh, more donations to make it happen. The price keeps going up, and every time they turn around, it seems like, um, you know, it's gone up. When they unveiled the plans for a new arena uh, last year, I think the projected price at that time was $180 million and change maybe to, to get it built. And now here we are a year later, and uh, they're still trying to raise enough money to get it built, but now they're talking about it costing um, closer to $250 million, which is a pretty big jump. So uh, my yeah. thought on that is that the, the best thing they can do is is get the money raised as fast as they can, get it built as quick as you can, uh, because what you don't want is to turn around a year from now, and, and now it's the price is two eighty instead of two fifty. Chase, uh, I don't think it's going back down. No, yeah, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, Chase, what were your takeaways from the loss up at uh, Tennessee uh, the other night? A couple of them for sure. I thought Tennessee played just a more physical brand of basketball and 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 that uh that was something that kind of shook up alabama in the half court offense a little bit they turned the ball over a lot that was huge that's one thing i wrote about they turned it over 19 times uh you can't do that you especially can't do it on the road Uh, but you credit tennessee for that i mean tennessee came in the number one defensive team in the country uh the 10th ranked team in the country and they played like it and they were at home uh, Thompson Bowling is a loud place. It's not an easy place to play for a visitor. So, you know, I think you you tip your hat for sure to the way Tennessee played. At the same time, you look at it from the Alabama perspective. They've lost four. They've had a fantastic season. Obviously, twenty two and four. I mean, it's a that's an amazing mark, especially considering the schedule they've played. Right? They, they played a super tough non conference schedule. Oh, yeah. They're still sitting here twenty two and four uh, with. Uh, five or so SEC games left to go, uh, but one of the one of the things that you can if you if you look for a common thread in the losses, right? They lost to UConn, uh, lost to Tennessee, lost to Oklahoma, lost to Gonzaga. Turnovers were a big problem in three of the four losses. Uh, the only game that they didn't turn it over a lot, believe it or not, they only turned turned it over thirteen times against Oklahoma. Uh, which isn't a small number. It's, I'm sure it's more than Nate Oates wants to see. Uh, but it's not a huge number either necessarily, especially for a road game. Uh, so yeah, I, I think when you look at that, it's, it's pretty fair to say that, that Alabama beating itself, uh, with turnovers, uh, might be as, as big a concern as, as any opponent. I mean, if, if, with the talent they have and the depth that they have and the defense that they can play, um, if they can if they can hold themselves to you know maybe ten turnovers or less, uh, they can they can absolutely beat anybody. Great stuff, Chase. I was walking through my local Publix and I do support them because they're a really well run business. And uh, most of the Birmingham outlets are carrying the T News, and since we don't have a daily over here. I might suggest that you get them online or actually have a newspaper in your hand at 8.30 in the morning with your coffee. Chase, thank you. Great stuff. I appreciate it. Enjoy it, guys. Thanks, Chase. Thank you. Um, While we were talking wide receivers a little while ago, I just hit a button to just kind of look around on what John Mechie is doing. Um, 
I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. He has a really interesting history and childhood. Um, also, Lars, when you were in New York, did you ever see the Naked Cowboy? I did. Hmm? We're going to talk about him <laughs> in a minute, too. Uh, this would be a great one for, for Christian. <laughs> you, need, you need to explain yeah. that one. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what that is. Hey, Google I, him I real quick. I, I don't know if I want to Google that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas is. You guys probably knew this, but... I thought I would uh, just throw a little information about John Metchie. He was born in Taiwan um, to a Nigerian father and a Taiwanese mother. Then they moved to Ghana and uh, eventually to Ontario, Canada, where he was raised. And, of course, then um, he was uh, you know, recruited by Alabama. The rest is history in Crimson. Um, but uh, if y'all remember, he sat out last year. Mm-hmm. He had an acute version of leukemia. Um, but I, I think this is something to really end the discussion about him on, is that uh, uh, they interviewed him, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, and he is recovering very well and plans to be at the very first workout for 2023. So, so that's awesome. all good. You know yeah. what I did also okay. learn? That, that, that's really, really good news. Uh, I also just yep. learned that C.J. Stroud is represented by the same agent who represents Deshaun Watson. So Dave, what is David Mulligata. Yeah. So yeah. what does that tell you? That C.J. Stroud most likely is not going to go to the Texans. Hmm. Okay, how are you getting two plus two? <laughs> No, I, I mean, uh, I think I, he's going whoever's drafts. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I get where you're going, but I don't think they. I don't know if they really say, "Oh, this guy has this agent. We're not going to draft." But maybe, maybe, maybe there could be some bad blood. I don't know. There's certainly a lot of bad blood between the Houston front office and Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I just know if they I like know. a player enough, they don't really. But I, I see that's I, a great I, offer, observation. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that, but. I don't know if we can write it off just yet, but... Yeah. No, I I think we, we talked about this yesterday. Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts, sort of let the cat out of the bag saying, I like that kid from Alabama uh, when he was introducing the head coach. And Colts are cer- currently sitting at number four overall in the first round. I think they're going to trade up to number one to get him. You think so? I think, I think Bryce Young is going to be a Colt, and he's going to go number one overall. You heard it here first. All right, Naked Cowboy. Naked Cowboy update. Uh, I don't know if you Google him or not, but he's uh, he is a very well-built guy that plays a guitar in his tidy whities with a cowboy hat and boots on. And usually he's at uh, Times Square in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, been, he's become quite popular. In fact, when our studios were next to Rick and Bubba, he would come up and do Rick and Bubba's show when he was in Alabama. And he would he would just walk in there with his dang whitey tidies and start playing his guitar on our show. It's just funny as heck. 
But the reason I bring it up is because he tried it down in Mobile. Um, I guess it's Joe Kane, Mardi Gras time in Mobile. Mm. That would be the reason for him to be here. Cop walked up to him and said, boy, you put some damn pants on. <laughs> yeah. I, my I, naked cowboy. Uh, that, he probably should put pants on. It's kind of disturbing. <laughs> Grown man. and uh, what is. Yeah. So yeah. did he put pants on? I think on? he's got like. Uh, you know, I just read the first part of it. I guess I should read the end of it, too. Uh, <laughs> but when I read the quote from the cop about him, you put your damn pants on. Um, yeah, he was. Uh, he and doesn't he have like a, an American flag on his buttocks? I don't remember Man, that. You know a lot about this guy. You, uh, you're quite the naked cowboy. Well, fan. I'm looking at. Ah. He, uh, no, I, I am not. <laughs> and, and to be honest with you, it made me extremely uncomfortable for that guy to be standing in our studio. And Scott Griffin and I would just kind of roll our chairs away. You just <laughs> don't want to. I mean, just don't want to be next to that. Yeah, I could probably do without that. But, hey, the teacher's on. <laughs> Apparently in 2020, while performing in New York, uh, a person pulled down and ripped his briefs. All right, so if there's a problem with Tiger handing that as a joke, I mean, that, that's probably a big deal, right? You're just ripping somebody's briefs. I mean, I think in today's culture, you can't do that, right? Yeah, Christine Brennan, who I really like, columnist for USA Today, uh, she was uh, emailing with Tiger's agent, and she wanted to know if Tiger was saying that um, that Justin played like a girl. And... Tiger, tiger, oh, tiger, tiger, tiger has, a, tiger, has a, tiger, tiger has a daughter. The people are, are, are going you know. too deep with it. It's an inside joke. I mean, not even inside joke. It's a practical joke. It's a silly joke. It's an immature joke that they're just having fun out there. I like seeing Tiger have fun. Yeah. And they, he was laughing. It was, it was a great prank. Leave it for what it is and move on, Christine. She's right some NASCAR with USA Today. We got to go. Have a great... This needs to go to Parkville by 3. Joy to the holiday packages that keep coming at Jimenez Couriers. Coming your way, but the drop-off location is changing. She needs delivery drivers with the gift of 